ओम ज्ञान तिमिरंधस्यानंजनशलाकाया I'll recite an anecdote concerning Srila Prabhupada. You don't have a word for anecdote in Russian? It always translates as story. Well, stories, it's, there's a subtle difference. It's not an exact synonym. An anecdote means just telling of some short incident. A story is more, it's longer and more complex, more things happen. Yeah, but is there no other word for a short clip? An incident. You can say an incident. An incident. This was told by Shuta Kirti Prabhu. Shuta Kirti. Shuta Kirti, not Shuti Kirti. Shuti Kirti is also a possible name, but his name is Shuta Kirti. One whose glories are heard which is the name of one of Krishna's sons. So, and this is an anecdote from Mayapur <coughs> concerning uh, Shura Prabhupada and one of his godbrothers, Damodar Maharaj. So Damodar Maharaj often came to see Shura Prabhupada. One time Prabhupada told uh, Shruti Kirti Prabhu, that don't let Damodar Maharaj in to see me. He just comes in and spends so much time talking all gossip and wastes my time. That he has nothing to do but go place to place and talk gossip. In this map, this is this is wrong and that's wrong and just wasting my time. So just if he comes, just tell him I'm busy or I'm resting or something. So when Damodar Maharaj came next time. Shruti Kirti Prabhu said that, to told him that uh, you can't go to see Prabhupada, he's busy now. The Damodar Maharaj became somewhat upset and uh, he started arguing with Shruti Kirti. This was just outside Prabhupada's room. So Prabhupada heard the sound and he came out. And Damodar Maharaj said to Prabhupada in, a, in an offended tone, and then he, that, yeah. he told me that you had said I couldn't see him. Prabhupada said, I never said that. <laughs> and told Shruti Kirti that whenever my godbrothers come, you should let them in immediately. So Damodar Maharaj went in and he spent a lot of time wasting Prabhupada's time. Now, you all enjoyed hearing this little anecdote, I, I suppose. Well, what are we to learn from this? We should learn from everything. Yeah. Srila Prabhupada is the Acharya. Everything he does, uh, we are to learn from his example. It appears that in this case, he, uh, he lied. He put his disciple into difficulty. Of course, Shruta Kirti Prabhu, he didn't report it in that way. He didn't blame Prabhupada. He, he reported the anecdote. Uh, not many people have blamed Prabhupada for anything. Some people Which, uh, I guess in the modern age, or in any age, some people are so bad that they'll accuse 
that even great saintly people of great saintly people of wrongdoing, even some people accuse uh, Krishna. But even today, you won't find many people who blame Jesus like that. Seeing that in this case, Prabhupada is, could be blamable if you wanted to find fault. One thing to understand is the, the culture of Bengal, which uh, is the culture of the Gauri Vaishnavas to a large extent. Yeah, in America, in, in, the, in the Western countries and in America especially, straightforwardness is considered the most important quality. You should just say what you feel. If you feel, if you don't like someone, you just tell them in their face, I hate your guts. Which means I hate your intestines. But that's, that's a way of saying it. Well, you can. It's humorous. It helps to keep them awake. Anyway, just say, they, they, they can just say, I hate you. But uh, Bengali culture is more subtle. And uh, acting in a way or speaking in a way not to offend others is often considered more important than speaking the truth. Throughout India, you'll find that if, for instance, people often want to take me to their house and they say, oh, it's only two minutes from here. And they take you and they're driving you and it's 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour. And whenever you ask, are we close by, say, oh yes, only two minutes. <laughs> so at least they're consistent. It's always two minutes. So that's not considered a fault. You just have to know the, how to, to, the subtleties of the culture. Uh... Yeah, yeah, that point that, that Prabhupada wasn't blamed, we should see that his disciples didn't blame him because they had faith that he was uh, acting for their benefit. His parents' disciples didn't always have the same faith. Sorry, sorry, his disciples' parents. Did I say his parents' disciples? His disciples' parents didn't always have the same faith. Sometimes the parents of Prabhupada's disciples, some of them would come and say, Oh, my son, he has, he has to finish his university. Why doesn't he go to university and do his education? One of Prabhupada's disciples was studying in medical college. Prabhupada wrote to him that there are, so many, there are already so many doctors in the world, but there are very few preachers of Krishna consciousness. So in this way, Prabhupada could be accused of spoiling people's Lives. There's a similar anecdote related about Jesus. That he just saw some fishermen and he told them, just leave all this and come with me, become my disciples. They said, well, what will happen to our fishing nets and all this? And Jesus said, I'll make you into fishers of men. You will catch men. So, uh, you know, they had their families and everything and just on the spot, he just took them away. One of the less, in this regard, one of the less known te uh, statements of Jesus is 
said, I have not come to join father to son or son to father, but to turn father against son and son against father. So from the uh, worldly viewpoint, it's not surprising that he got crucified. They crucified him. But it was that spirit by which Jesus was able to get a following and spread his teachings and by which Prabhupada also spread his teachings. Prabhupada was, uh, yeah, he, he took young people in the prime of their life when they could be enjoying their senses. Some people would protest. Well, of course, at that time, the American government was also taking young men away to fight in Vietnam. So, the American government wasn't protesting that our men are getting killed. That spirit of giving the life to Krishna was what made this movement spread all over the world. Prabhupada said, you, you've given so many lives to Maya, now just give this one life to Krishna. So there's some thoughts on based on the anecdote. Prabhupada sometimes acted in ways that might have upset people, but uh, on his overall contribution is so much appreciated. Another point, if you think, is that if Yamadar Maharaj had gone away offended, he, you know, his business was to go from one mat to another and gossip about all the other mats, so he would he would have told so many bad things about Prabhupada in all the other mats. Prabhupada said about him, he is a very dangerous man. Anyway, they're all devotees and disciples of Bhaktisiddha and Saraswati, so they're all worshipable by us. But at the same time, Prabhupada's position is uh, very special among all the followers of Bhaktisiddha and Saraswati. So now this festival is uh, almost over. Thank you again to all the devotees who have made it possible. Uh, everyone who has participated, participated has made it possible. I, most years I had a question and answer session. I didn't have any this year, so I guess we can just finish up with half an hour of questions and answers if anyone wants to. Uh, you can write them down. You can say one verbally and others can write them down. Can you tell what is the situation with your new writings? I can't hear. You have to speak more loudly. Can you please tell us what is the situation with your new books which you propose to compile? Uh, what goes on whenever I get time? Uh, yes, yeah, say, say it in Russian. No. What goes on whenever I get time? I hope to get some time in Dobre Mush. Which books? I'm working on too many books at once. Many books. I'm working on many books at once. So I don't know which is going to come next. Yeah, any other verbal or written questions? Say in Russian or English first, but say both of them. Whichever you like first. Mm -hmm. uh, the
you said, said yes, yeah, say in the mic so I can you said yesterday uh, uh, recently you said uh, that uh, the work is <coughs> without uh, deep knowledge they may uh, whatever they experience that is sentimental and not mostly not very spiritual and uh, what about uh, some kind of blissful experience which we experience, which we feel during um, or yeah, during Kirtan, but like they are gotten some kind of ecstasy, is it spiritual or sentimental? How to judge? You say in Russian? Uh, as much as we are sincere to serve Krishna and uh, actually spiritually advancing, we can understand that to be a uh, spiritual experience. Uh, what are there? I'm trying to think. There are technical terms that Rupa Goswami gives in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu of Pratibhimba and Abhas. The uh, reflection and the uh, dim appearance of actual ecstasy. There are two kinds which may appear to be like ecstasy, but they're not the full real thing. Tibimba Rati and Rati Abhas. That's it. Yeah, so, so the Pratibimba, uh, the reflection, that is like some Mayavadis, they may, or people who don't actually have faith in Krishna, they might experience some ecstasy, but that apparent ecstasy when they hear about Krishna. But, or, but that's not the real thing. It's just a reflection of the real thing. Just like Maya is a reflection of the spiritual energy. And a neophyte devotee may experience some ecstasy, but then afterwards it's just back to in a normal state of consciousness, we're just struggling with the six senses, including the mind. So that is the mercy of Krishna, but uh, it's not the full stage of ecstasy. It's not mature. It's just a, a, a slight appearance of it. Okay, watch this. Yeah, the Van Ashram is not just any social system. It's communism, capitalism, socialism, fascism. There are so many systems. But Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Chato Vanyu Mayashrishtam. I created this system, the Van Ashram. So this is uh, Krishna's system to uh, regulate life in the material world so that we can become purified and come out of it. So don't think that Varnashram is just, you know, something completely useless. It's made by Krishna. He's mentioned in Bhagavad Gita. Get up early in the morning and go to Mongolarji. That's the first thing. 
Every day. Yeah. <laughs> Someone at the Moscow Bhakti Vriksha said something unusual. Is it authoritative? Yes. <laughs> what is that funny thing they said? No, they said uh, that uh, we should, uh, it is good to take, uh, to eat prasadam with open mouth and dishes like it. Well, if you're, if you want to know if it's authoritative, you can ask those who said it. What is the authority on which they said that? It's opposite to everything that we've ever learned, so it doesn't seem to be very authoritative. So if they can offer some compelling evidence that this, what Prabhupada taught us and what everyone has ever followed in the history of Vaishnava society is wrong and they are right, then we can accept it. Many people say many unusual things. Many times devotees ask me, well, so-and-so said this and this, and is it true? What's the authority? And my response is, well, why ask me? You ask them. What's, what's their Shastric authority? If they can't give it, don't accept it. Yeah. Then? Few questions. Okay, ask one at a time. For what uh, devotee, devotees may fall down to the hell? You want them to fall to hell? Huh? Someone wants the devotees to fall into hell? Why should the devotee go to hell? I mean, maybe for asking questions like that. Maybe for asking questions like that, they have to go to hell. Why do you think devotees go to hell? Devotees go to Krishna. What are you going to do? Are you going to find out what makes them go to hell and then try and trick them into doing it so they can send them to hell? This is a kind of hellish question. I hope it's better than the first one. No, I'm going to go through the written questions. Well, I know. If you, what's the next one? Is it as bad as the first one? <laughs> well, they're so interested in health. As Vaishnavas, we don't talk a lot about hell. In some religious systems, that's their main preaching. Believe in whatever I'm saying. Believe in Jesus or Muhammad or whatever. Otherwise, you go to hell. But that's not... We, we, our concentration is not on hell. I think that's enough hell, hell questions. <laughs> Thank you, Muslim. Or stupid questions? <laughs> if, if the question's stupid, just don't bother. When somebody wakes up in the morning, we reach towards God recommends him to begin his day. Chant. The holy names of Krishna. Yeah, did you read it in here? Yeah. 
Manmana bhava always think of Krishna. Start the day thinking of Krishna. Finish the day thinking of Krishna. Well, you consider. You consider what is required for your spiritual advancement. And uh, if you're properly utilizing the time of the spiritual master also. Some devotees related that Kalpati, uh, he was once sitting on the lawn in the afternoon, and uh, the lawn outside Bhaktivedanta Manor in the afternoon, one afternoon. Bhaktivedanta Manor in London, yeah. He was speaking to some leaders of his movement. And some... Uh, other devotees just came and they thought, oh, it's a good chance to get Prabhupada's association. They sat down. And Prabhupada, he didn't say anything to them. He just looked at one of the leaders and said, do they not have any service to do? And the devotee understood and just went off and went to do service. So in the early days of his school, Prabhupada, he spent a lot of time with the devotees and trained them personally. But later, uh, naturally as the movement expanded, Prabhupada wasn't able to personally guide everyone. So it was uh, natural that he uh, spent more time with leaders and then they were supposed to train others. The relationship between the guru and the disciple is one of, uh, the disciple is meant to hear and serve. If one serves Krishna under the guidance of the spiritual master, that is pleasing to him. There is the mission of the Sankirtan movement, that is to be spread. Um, Prabhupada famously said that personal association is for fools. Of course, we are all foolish. But unless we have an attitude of service, we can't associate anyway. Anyway, that's a big topic, so I won't belabor it now. It's big, but it's not that big also, if we understand the essence. It's not, yeah. What is the question? 
Can a devotee understand Bhagavad Gita, and if so, how is it possible to do so? Apparently, he understands that my illusion is dispelled, I've regained my uh, memory of what I'm supposed to do, by your mercy, Achuta, Krishna, I'm now fixed, my doubts are gone, and I will follow your direction. So if we've understood Bhagavad Gita, then we'll act in Krishna consciousness. That's the test. Yes. Yeah. Please. We'll take one more question and then and uh, maybe you can also narrate something about your older hmm. wonderful disciple yeah well that we did some years ago when he passed away we can remember all these devotees we can remember all these devotees for their service attitude. While appreciating their contributions, we should know that there is a difference between a sadhaka and a siddha. A one a practicing devotee and a perfect devotee. So among sentimental religionists, they think that well, everyone just goes to heaven. But it's, uh, you know, they think if you're a Christian and you die, you go to heaven. Or if you're a Muslim and you die, you go to heaven. If you're a Hindu and you die, you go to heaven. So, uh, we shouldn't adopt the same sentimentalism. It's not necessarily true that every devotee who dies, they directly go back to Godhead. If they're not free from material desire, then they most probably will come back. So, although it's nice to remember all devotees, we shouldn't, uh, out of sentimentalism, equate the position of a sadhaka with a siddha. Okay, we'll finish there, and I'll just read some prasad. Hare Krishna. Okay, watch this.
for material freedom, basically. But uh, actually, material world is not a place for the gentleman. Therefore, what is the reason for which Shilpa wanted to establish Varanasham? Yeah, the Varanasham is not just any social system. It's communism, capitalism, socialism, fascism. There are so many systems. But Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Chato Vanyam Mayashrishtam. I created this system, Vanyam So this is uh, Krishna's system to uh, regulate life in the material world so that we can become purified and come out of it. So don't think that Vanyam is just you know, something completely useless. It's made by Krishna. He mentions in Bhagavad Gita. Hmm. Bhakti Vriksha said something unusual. Is it authoritative? <laughs> what is that funny thing they said? No, they said uh, that uh, we should, uh, it is good to take, uh, to read Prasadam with open altar. This is like it, actually. Well, if you're if you want to know if it's authoritative, you can ask those who said it. What is the authority on which they said that? It's opposite to everything that we've ever learned, so it doesn't seem to be very authoritative. So if they can offer some compelling evidence that this what Prabhupada taught us and what everyone has ever followed in the history of Vaishnava society, is wrong and they are right, then we can accept it. Many people say many unusual things. Yeah. Many times devotees ask me, well, so-and-so said this and this, and is it true? What's the authority? And my response is, well, why ask me? You ask them. What's, what's their Shastric authority? If they can't give it, don't accept it. Yeah, then? Mm -hmm. Few questions. Okay, that's one at a time. For you want them to fall to hell? Huh? Someone wants the devotees to fall into hell? Why should the devotee go to hell? I mean, maybe 
for asking questions like that. Maybe for asking questions like that, they have to go to hell. Why do you think devotees go to hell? Devotees go to Krishna. What are you going to do? Are you going to find out what makes them go to hell and then try and trick them into doing it so they can send them to hell? This is a kind of hellish question. I hope it's better than the first one. No, I'm going to go through the written questions. Well, I, I know. If, if, what's the next one? Is it as bad as the first one? Are <laughs> <laughs> they so interested in hell for? <coughs> As Vaishnavas, we don't talk a lot about hell. In some religious systems, that's their main preaching. Believe in whatever I'm saying. Believe in Jesus or Muhammad or whatever. Otherwise, you go to hell. But that's not... We, we, our concentration is not on hell. I think that's enough hell, hell questions. <laughs> Thank you, Muslim man. Um, or stupid questions. <laughs> if, if the question's stupid, just don't bother. When somebody wakes up in the morning, do you reach towards God recommends you to begin in this day? Chant. The holy names of Krishna. Yeah, did you read it in here? Yeah. Man always think of Krishna. Start the day thinking of Krishna. Finish the day thinking of Krishna. Well, you consider. You consider what is required for your spiritual advancement and uh, if you're properly utilizing the time of the spiritual master also. Some devotees related that Prabhupada, uh, he was once sitting on the lawn in the afternoon, and the lawn outside Bhaktivedanta Manor in the afternoon, one afternoon. Bhaktivedanta Manor in London, yeah. He was speaking to some leaders of his movement. And some uh, other devotees just came and they thought, oh, it's a good chance to get Prabhupada's association. They sat down. And Prabhupada, he didn't say anything to them. He just looked at one of the leaders and said, do they not have any service to do? And the devotee understood and just went off and went to do service. 
So in the early days of his Skon Prabhupada, he spent a lot of time with the devotees and trained them personally. But later, uh, naturally as the movement expanded, Prabhupada wasn't able to personally guide everyone. So it was uh, natural that he uh, spent more time with leaders and then they were supposed to train others. The relationship between the guru and the disciple is one of, uh, the disciple is meant to hear and serve. If one serves Krishna under the guidance of the spiritual master, that is pleasing to him. There is the mission of the Sankirtan movement, that is to be spread. Um, Prabhupada famously said that personal association is for fools. Of course, we are all foolish, but unless we have an attitude of service, we can't associate anyway. Anyway, that's a big topic, so I won't belabor it now. It's big, but it's not that big also, if we understand the essence. It's, uh, question? Can a devotee understand Bhagavad Gita and if so, how is it possible to do so? How to judge? Yeah. Did you read it in Russian? Yes. We judge it by if he follows in the example of Arjuna, whether or not he understood Bhagavad Gita. Arjuna said that my illusion is dispelled. I've regained my uh, memory of what I'm supposed to do. By your mercy, Achuta, Krishna, I'm now fixed. My doubts are gone. And I will follow your direction. So if we've understood Bhagavad Gita, then we'll act in Krishna consciousness. That's the test. Yes. Yeah. Please. We'll take one more question and then we'll finish. <laughs> some years ago. 
when he passed away. We can remember all these devotees. We can remember all these devotees for their service attitude. While appreciating their contributions, we should know that there is a difference between a sadhaka and a siddha. A one a practicing devotee and a perfect devotee. So among sentimental religionists, they think that, well, everyone just goes to heaven. But it's, uh, you know, they think if you're a Christian and you die, you go to heaven. Or if you're a Muslim and you die, you go to heaven. If you're a Hindu and you die, you go to heaven. So, uh, we shouldn't adopt the same sentimentalism. It's not necessarily true that every devotee who dies, they directly go back to Godhead. If they're not free from material desire, then they most probably will come back. So, although it's nice to remember all devotees, we shouldn't, uh, out of sentimentalism, equate the position of a sadhaka with a siddha. Okay, we'll finish there, and I'll distribute some prasadha. Hare Krishna.